Welcome back to the Iced Coffee Hour. I got margin called. No, you did. No, you did not. Yeah, I did. What? Yeah. No, much, I don't believe you. How much margin? I don't believe yeah. Jack. I don't believe yeah. Jack. Yeah, no, I, he, I think I he's, think he's he got, being serious I don't, right now. No, I don't yeah. think so. No, I did. Yeah, I don't hold on to Robin Hood anymore. I don't believe you. Wait, you're joking. No, you're joking. I'm not believe. I'm, I'm not I joking. I think Jack is joking. Believe me, man. What would people say if just like, look, you work with, with me and they're yeah, like, oh, margin yeah, called. Graham's co-host got margin called. I mean, well, how does it? I mean, I, also, think of, I, mean yeah. I also have margin. <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> are you guys, you guys are messing okay, with so, me. I know no, you're no, messing no. with so, me. I think you're messing so with me. So here's what happened, basically. I opened up a Robinhood account. I have an M1 account. I have a Vanguard account. Those are what I use predominantly for index fund investing, which when I first was getting started was like 85 to 90% of my portfolio. I invested a thing. It was, I think it was $20,000 principal in my Robinhood account. When I was like, you know what? I want to try trading out random stocks and like selling options and doing all of that, like crazy stuff, right? Not selling options. <laughs> I still stand by it. It's not crazy, but I wanted to do options and like individual stocks and stuff like that. And, uh, I grew that account very fast with like Dogecoin selling options. And the market was very, it was in a bull run and I was doing really well off of that. And I brought it all the way up to $75,000, the $20,000 in probably a year or so time. Now, this you're, is where yeah, I, you're a I genius, messed up. genius, Jack. I know. I know, right? This is where I messed up. Uh, that $70,000, $75,000 or whatever, I had not used margin yet. And I was like, you know what? You know, This is a good idea. Why not use margin if I'm picking out the stocks that have brought me to $75,000 just to put a little bit more in them? So I decided to do that. One of them was Robin Hood, which famously Graham told oh, me not to invest in. My and I gosh. bought it and uh, then it plummeted. So I went in on margin and I bought some Robin Hood stock. And then the market started going down and it continued to go down. And uh, yeah, I got margin called. All because of, your, of Robin Hood? Because of Robin Hood. All so you of your sold Robin, Hood? Robin Hood? Yeah, Robin Hood's gone. Oh, wait, all of it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. The, we you, we got to buy in right now. And I, and I say 500 bucks. Right. Jack, <laughs> I, was, I was willing to pay. For those who don't know, here's the backstory. I was at the gym. How are you happy, I, man? I, because, I because, you money, sold, because you You're finally sold Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Okay. I have been on you for months to sell Robin Hood stock. Yeah. Since it was like thirty dollars, I'm like sell twenty dollars, sell seventeen. I offered you five hundred bucks to sell Robinhood at seventeen dollars. I'd pay you. And then last night I said, how about this? I'll pay you another five hundred bucks right now to sell your Robinhood stock. Maybe no. he didn't take because he knew no. he couldn't sell. No, because it was he was already margin call. No, you would have been margin called today because Robinhood was down another six percent. <laughs> Anyways, I got margin oh, yeah. called and uh you know, it is what it is. I'm fine with it because in the beginning it started out as play money. It grew to a really <laughs> sizable amount. So yeah, I was dumb by not selling like when I was at 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, whatever account value, but I just kind of held. I decided to diamond hands and hodl. But if you think you're the exception, guess what? You're probably not. Uh, just like I thought I was. Wait, why are you saying that? Just because you can't do it, other people can't do it? Probably not. Are you, you're saying no. you're the pinnacle investor? or No, I'm saying because I couldn't do it. <laughs> no, I'm just most you know people what? probably You know what's the, like, the scariest part is when I had the monkey pick random stocks yeah. and the monkey made 40% in a year. That's a sign that like, hey guys, maybe we should <laughs> scoop back. A monkey <laughs> picking stocks out of a container. I mean, that's that's what we're dealing with here. And everyone's a, an expert. When you look at the amount of finance channels that popped up in 2020 and everybody yeah. was, oh, I'm playing this and playing, everyone's making money. Every day I'm becoming more and more like Dave Ramsey. 
when we listened to him speak the other day, he came to Las Vegas oh, and did the. Didn't the tell the, people about that. Yeah, yeah, so he came to Las Vegas and I confronted Dave Ramsey in person. Yeah, I confronted him. Yeah, he's really nice, but really it, nice guy. Really nice guy, but he gave this incredible like speech, or he he was talking for basically an hour, and when he came on stage, I was like mesmerized. Just like, first of all, I'm starstruck. I'm like, that that's him. Like, to see him on set, like, he's right there. I'll show that's, the footage right here. You yeah, guys yeah. can see it. I was blown away. That, like, that's him. But he's better in person on stage than he is in his videos. Mm-hmm. Th- it, no comparison at all. But in the video, or, or sorry, on stage, he brought up these props. And he talked about, like, the tulip mania and just, like, all the bubbles along the way. Yeah, like the and California t- gold rush. The gold rush. Yeah, yeah that was really interesting. Uh, real estate, tech stocks. Mm-hmm. He covered he covered everything. And um, people get excited over these fads, right? And yes. they think that they're the exception. NFTs. You think that you can make a lot of money. And some people do. And that's the loud minority. And then other people, they limp in. Yeah. They think that they're good. They think they're qualified. Beanie babies, too. Beanie babies. Yeah. That's another one. Oh. And then you get burned, like I did on margin. Yeah. So. But his thing was that uh, you're never the exception. This time is never different. And it's the same thing repeating itself over and over and over again. And it will eventually crash to zero. The market will always go back to the mean and will continue on. So you have you know the market trending upwards, but you have a lot of that in between. And I think 2020 was that in between. I mean, so I think it just goes to show index funds. It does. It's like the same buy and hold strategy. And that's why it bothers me, though. Now I'm, I'm finally feeling good about it because for the last, throughout 2020, 2021, everyone is like, Graham, you say the same things every video, the same thing, just buy and hold, buy and hold index funds. And uh, because it's become a joke now. What do you do when the greatest wealth transfer is coming? Buy and hold an index fund. I mean, even, that's it. even we joke about it. We're like, we're like, let me guess the ending of the video, Graham. <laughs> Buy and hold index yeah. funds. Yeah. You know? yeah. But it's the truth and it works. So what, what happened? What, what did, so you started you with 25. Know what I bought on margin? I bought a bunch of Apple stock because I was like, it's Apple. It'll be fine. And it was. Yeah. But what wasn't fine was my Robinhood stock, my Palantir stock, mm. which I went so heavy on, unfortunately. But I was making a lot of money on it. That's the thing. I was making so much money. I'm like, you know what? I have access to all of this margin. May as well just put it back into all this stuff. Margin. And then yeah. everything plummeted. So what's your portfolio account at now? Take a guess. Well, okay, so you- I'll give you, I'll give you, you say one number and I'll tell you over or under and I will give you one answer. Well, you started That's with 25. Did we each get a number? Yep. Okay. Yeah, well, and its peak was- 75. 75, 75. Yeah. okay. 45. Graham? I'm going to say 18. Under. Wow. Yeah. Are you? It was. Wow. It was, Are you joking? No. Pure obliteration in my portfolio. Fortunately, fortunately, that was still, like I said, a minority of my investments. M- vast majority in index funds, Roth IRA. <laughs> Just a drop in jacket. Haven't you learned anything? I feel like we've spent so much time together that you Graham, would know. But all this. of my losses were basically unrealized gain. It's not like it was actual profit. I'd never sold anything. Yeah. But, but, you started your, but you started your account at 25. Yeah. So I had a little bit of, obviously, like, principle that I lost. Yeah. That's the good thing with Dave Ramsey, I will say, is everything he says won't get anyone in trouble. That's Like, true. no one could ever be like, oh, I paid off my mortgage early and then I lost it. Like, right. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, so it, it'll never come back to bite Dave Ramsey. Even though he's overly safe. He'll never get in trouble yeah. by saying that. The, I think it's so funny when, when we were watching him and he just takes time to pause and he just chuckles like about something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like yeah. people on this Robin Hood 
<laughs> no, no, no. It was a longer pause. Of the cryptocurrency. <laughs> but and then he, would, he commanded the room. He, he commanded yeah. the room. The room was silent yeah. when he went up there. Yeah. Really, I I liked it a lot. I'd actually go back and, and watch him again. At first, I went into a thing, oh, I know all of this. This is going to be silly. And then listening to him, I'm like, this is really good. You know what I'm feeling? Funny? I'm learning stuff. We So Graham got invited. He didn't mention this, but you got yeah. invited by one of the people on Dave Ramsey's team. George, yes. George, yeah. So we, not for anything like entitlement wise, but like Graham kind of assumed maybe there was some backstage, perks, or like, like there's a backstage thing. No, it was a meet and greet, and we like we were in the same lines everyone else did. We showed oh, yeah, up. We're like, at the end of the lines. Yeah, we were at the, cool. No, we were at the end yeah. of the lines. We were at the far back end of the of the uh, whatever you call it, the auditorium. Was that the and first meet and greet you've ever been to? Or have you been to another? I've never been to a meet and greet. Before. So your only meet and greet was to meet Dave Ramsey. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. But it was funny because we showed up, and Graham's like, "I wonder if he'll recognize me." Like, I feel like like Graham and I were like, "Yeah, he probably will recognize you just because your your gifts." You're so successful in the space. Didn't look like he recognized. I don't you think at all. so. I mean, no. in his defense, a lot of people were coming through. Maybe he could have, but didn't want to, like, you know, on stage. Or sometimes you're like, you, there's so many people coming in that, like, you just you look at know. them halfway. Like, yeah, you, you're like, you're basically yeah. like tunnel vision into like, oh, the cam- like come this way, and then the camera, and then you know, you, that also could be it. Yeah, but so I don't uh, know. he also is probably not on YouTube. So honestly, thinking. I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't recognize you. I have, I'm like 80 percent sure didn't recognize me. Yeah, uh, but but the weird thing is he did comment. But then again, someone else could have access to his YouTube account because he did comment on one of our videos. Yeah, I don't think that's Dave Ramsey yeah, going no, in I, and Realistically, he probably has an entire team. Not a bad idea, um, by the way. Uh, <laughs> taking care of his YouTube account and doing all that stuff. And he just shows up and people are like, we're going to have people call in and you're going to talk to him or just discuss this financial event. And he does. Yeah. So. I like him a lot. Yeah. That was great. I like Dave Ramsey. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, Grammarly. Being a creator is exhausting. Writing scripts, emails, and text messages is just really time-consuming. Yes, but thankfully, we have Grammarly. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that helps you communicate clearly and effectively even when you're short on time. Ever since we installed Grammarly on our work computers, we've been able to save countless hours and put our focus back on the work that matters the most, making content. Grammarly is like having a professional writer looking through your work 24-7. The free version is also amazing, since it protects you from the basic spelling, grammar, phrasing, and punctuation. But the real magic happens when you upgrade to Grammarly Premium. Grammarly Premium offers clarity suggestions and even full sentence rewrites to help you clearly convey your message and avoid miscommunication. Grammarly even has a built-in tone detector that can help you sound as confident, professional, or as formal as you need. They also have vocab suggestions to replace overly used words, phrases, and words. So get through those emails and your work quicker by keeping it concise, confident, and effective with Grammarly. So go to Grammarly.com slash iced coffee and sign up for a free Free account, and when you're ready to upgrade to premium, you can get 20% off just for being a listener. That's 20% off www.grammarly.com slash iced coffee. Thank you so much, Grammarly, and back to the podcast. Back to the podcast. What are you doing tomorrow, Graham? Flying to Tampa. Why are you flying to Tampa? Why am I? I got the fight. I'm going to be so happy to get it over with. Dude, what are your thoughts right now? You're about to fight one of the largest tech creators michael reeves yeah. he's your same height same weight no we're not the same weight so what? uh ian sent me a text this morning said michael weighed in at 120 what, what do you weigh 127.4 that's good for oh, you though there that's you good go. for you nice. i don't know if 
Because I don't know how it works. Because I know there are different weight classes from like 120, 125, 125, you to don't 130. You know what the range is? I told Ian, I'm, I, I, I'm ranging between 125 and 130. I always have. He's like, don't worry, that'll be fine. And so I don't know if I have to get down to 125 to be in his weight range. I sent it to Ian. He's like, oh, no worries. We'll tell him to drink some more shakes or something like that. So Drink some more shakes. Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about it. If, yeah. Yeah, if anything, cause since you guys are at the, at the lightweight, it's easier for him to come up probably like a pound or two. Yeah. Uh, probably. That's my guess. Graham, yeah. what, do, what do you think are the chances you win versus him winning? You know what sucks, man, is I had a, I actually had a, like a, I don't want to say a deep talk with, with Macy last night, but I feel like I've, I put myself down so often with this that I've mentally just kind of screwed myself in the fight. I, I got way too in my head. Once I started watching videos of him boxing, I constantly just like put myself down. I'm not training enough. I'm not good enough. And I worry that's going to come through in the fight in just the way. Because anyone who, who succeeds, stuff like that, they never think of that stuff. They're always just like, no, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do it. And you have that confidence that makes you do it. And I'm worried at this point. I, I have but, not. But you know what? Yeah. I saw a huge spark once you did sparring with somebody you did not know. And even more. When you told me you got a bloody nose. Yeah. Because here's the thing. This is a person that you do not know that you were sparring. I saw that you kind of had more of an uplift. And, and I, yeah. I, I agree. I, I, know, yeah. I know what you mean. You, you put yourself down a little bit. Um, but after that, I think I saw your confidence go up significantly. I'm more confident after that. But it's easier for me to fight somebody I didn't know because I don't feel as bad. Oh, his name is Brian, by the way. We fought. But I don't feel as bad hurting Brian because... I just recently met him. I like him, but if if I hurt him, let's just say it's not like I've known him for years, or it's in front of all these people who are fans of Brian. If I do something to Michael Reeves, you know, I don't want to. I think I don't want to think it's cool. Like I just hate hurting anybody. You know, I honestly, I told my mom this because she's like, how do you think he's going to do? And I'm like, I think I'll do well. But the one thing it's it's hard for me to wrap my head around is picturing this in my mind. Graham and Michael in the ring. Michael, let's say, just got hit in the face or something or he kind of slipped, yeah. dropped his hand for a second. And he has his eyes and he's looking at Graham and he's kind of like dazed maybe. Yeah. And Graham going and just hitting him. In the, like, yes. I could never picture But that. I have to do that. I know. You so. are such a softie. And I mean that in the most positive way. That's true. You are. A very positive way because I admire that because I'm a softie too. Yeah. So that's that's what I worry yeah. about. But also it's it's but, so I have to overcome two things hurting somebody else and believing that I could do it. And it's just tough. One thing that Ian said when we had him on the podcast was that what you could do since it's five rounds is you could struggle through three and then on that fourth round just decide that, hey, I'm going to go in, I'm going to attack, I'm going to be offensive and I'm going to really get in there and do my best. And then you could completely change it around in one round, no. right? Like just because the first three rounds have been bad for you doesn't mean the fourth one has to be. And I feel like that that could apply to the first, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth round and just to your overall mentality. It's like just because you've thought that for a while doesn't mean you could just you know switch around. It will be hard. Maybe. But, I mean, we'll see. So what do you do if you win? What do you do if you lose? What Does it change anything? <sighs> I would probably have some regrets if I lost, only because uh, I probably could have pushed myself further, harder. Does that mean you would be considering getting in the ring again? No. Okay. This is a one-off okay. one thing. So either way. You're either way. If I win, it would be incredible. But, I, but then I feel bad winning at the expense of Michael. You know, but how do you think he feels? I honestly, I think Michael is just having fun. I don't, I don't think he's thinking this through. I think he's just doing it. 
And that's what worries me. So why can't you do the yeah, same? Yeah, why can't you do the same, man? I don't know. Power through it. I don't know. Because here's the thing. Realistically, let's say you hit Michael a little bit too hard. Gave him a bloody nose. I feel like he. I feel like afterwards he'd be like, "Dude, you got such a good shot." Like after I met Michael, like yeah. I feel like that's his personality, and he knows yeah. it's all. And I would, front. I would do, I would say the same thing to him. I mean, Brian hit me right in the face, right in the jaw. He got yeah. one like but this, then you're yeah. Like, Dude, that and was- after I was like, "Man, good, good one." It's you know, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's about respect, and yeah. as long as you guys both respect each other, why not yeah, try your hardest? Yeah. Okay. I know. I, part of me wants to get um, what, what is it called? Like uh, like hypnosis. And like, just pay someone to to like put me under, and then hypnotize me. To have you been you hypnotized before? No, I have. Does that actually work? I think I think kind of. yeah. I've, like, I've I, never I, looked into the to the science behind it, but right. I'm, I'll be honest. I'm a. I, I've looked into a specific types of hypnosis when I used to do magic, but that's very different than like hypnotherapy or whatever they call it. Uh, so I don't know. I'm pretty skeptical on it, but tell me about your experience. Yeah. My experience with hypnosis. So I went to the state fair. I think I was probably 17 or 18 at the time. State fair. Yeah. And they would have, they would have these people that would come up and perform on this, like, I don't know, this platform, get an audience and everything. And then like every night at 8 PM, they'd have like the hypnotist. And if you go in the audience and you're lucky, they pick you out of the audience to participate in her act right so i was one of 40 people or 30 people that she brought up on the stage and we all sat on these chairs she started doing this weird i don't know if she actually did that i don't remember it was like six years ago (laughs) but she started like talking in a very quiet and monotone tone and she was like all right you're feeling very sleepy she gets your heart rate down a lot and then she walks to everybody that's lined up in these chairs on the on the stage and she grabs your arm and then drops it and that's how she can tell if you are hypnotized or not. Because like some people leave their arm up there and it's like clear, okay, you're not hypnotized if you leave your arm up there. Or if you like bring it down really hard yourself or if she sees movement, she wants to see like a very relaxed fall of your arm basically to see if you're hypnotized. Apparently I was hypnotized because she kept me up on the stage. She sent probably the other half down and then she instructed me to dance with someone. And I usually would have a little bit of trouble doing that just because it's in front of an audience and maybe I'll get a little nervous or something like that. But it was very easy when I was hypnotized, hypnotized. They basically make you not care what anybody thinks. And it's not necessarily control. I feel like I could have not obeyed what she had told me to do, but I was in such an easygoing mental state that it was like, why not? Why not do what she told me to do? And that was my experience with it. It's like, she wasn't directly controlling me, but also she wasn't like, not controlling me at all because I did what she said. I heard, right? yeah, I heard with that kind of stuff, you would never do something that you wouldn't normally be a, like. If you were against something, that you wouldn't do it, even if you're. Hypnotized. I probably there were certain things if she had she requested me to do them, I could have yeah, like take off your shirt them. or yeah, I could have rejected that. I wouldn't have rejected that. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it works. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but hey, so, yeah, yeah, worth looking into. Maybe I don't know, mm-hmm. Graham. Oh. Are you doing okay, man? You just seem really stressed out. Yeah, man, you, out. Seem, oh, yeah, no, you I, seem a little out of it. No, just because we're talking about the boxing. That's oh, all. okay. Yeah. I know that. also this this recent drop in the stock market has been affecting you a little bit in your portfolio. Because <laughs> <laughs> you told us. Oh, yeah, what, what It's like I may have lost, you know, 60 grand or whatever. But at the same time, how much did were you down of realized or unrealized gain? Uh, Probably one and a half million. From oh the, my from the peak. gosh! From the peak, though, and and you said yeah. at that point when you were down one and a half million, you were up fifty thousand dollars of unrealized gain. Yes, right? from when you started investing. Yeah, because uh, I had dollar. I, I basically started upping 
since about a year ago, maybe a little over a year ago. Oh, so it was upping. Weighed. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So because I was making a little bit more, I started investing heavier, just on a regular basis. But obviously, you're buying all the way up and then buying all the way back down. So um, yeah, negative like three hundred grand. You're negative 300 grand yeah. now. So your yeah. overall experience with stock market investing is you would have been better off holding it in cash. Mm. It's hard to say because I have certain tax lots that oh, yeah. are that makes sense. positive and certain are negative. So it's hard to say, like, if you pointed right now and said that, you could always look in hindsight and say, I'd been better off doing that or this. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, I'm not bothered by it. I think right now I'm down like 2%, 3%, right. 4 I mean, Some, technically, somewhere, which in the big the, picture, it's not. Uh, you did the right thing, bad. technically. I mean, you dollar cost averaging broad index funds. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Oh, the other the other negative was that um, I sold off a good chunk in December to tax loss harvest. So I sold that, and then I put that chunk into the S and P on January second, third. Like it was after of the this new year. year. Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't want to hold so too that much was a good cash. Idea. Was, because that was probably in individual stocks, which plummeted a lot more than yeah. the S&P. So yeah, correct. That's true. But, yeah. Yeah. And what has this all taught you? All of this crazy market turbulence and everything. The same, it's just reinforced. That is the same, same, same thing. Yeah. All I think, if anything, average. real estate feels better because you don't see the fluctuations. So, if there is a loss, it doesn't really matter as long as the property... It doesn't property, affect your actions. Correct. It, yeah. it's, it's harder to sell and it prevents that impulsive decision to be like, oh, I'm going to just... Click a button and sell. It's a lot easier with stocks. So with real estate, when you're renting them out, it doesn't really matter. So I wasn't going to sell anyway. So as long as they're rented, it's fine. How about you, Alex? How has this changed your perspective? What, the entire market? Yeah. Uh, honestly, it hasn't really changed my perspective. I I literally just invested at the S&P 500. That's it. Um, but I'm, I, I mentioned yesterday on Millennial Money, I'm at a point where I'm considering pulling out some money uh, just because we're looking to buy a house within the next uh, year and a half to two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to wait till we kind of have a set t- time and then we'll make the decision then. So just because even though I would be pulling out, I wouldn't say like a, a loss, but like, you know, we're down. Yeah. Um, it's still better for me um, to have that money and know that that. It's there for the down payment for all the fees um, and, and just be safe rather than to leave it into the market. That makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that. other than that, no, not, not really changing anything. Uh, I haven't bought any individual stocks and in probably, mm, well, huge, I should say huge amounts of, of big stocks since like I bought Netflix and I got pummeled with Netflix. Netflix is. But just, I'm holding. I'm holding. Yeah. yeah. What can you do? Yeah. Now is the easy part. I'm going to say, like, this is the. Not worry part. Yeah. Imagine if it's another 50% down from here. I, I can't imagine 40% that. I mean, down. I don't have any individual stocks anymore. I know, but but even... <laughs> but, Are you kidding? All, but no. even, Jack... No, you're I sold, kidding. I sold everything, put it in index But even funds. index funds, Jack. Let's yeah. just say it goes down another 40% from right now. There's nothing that I, says we can't well, hit 2,800. I'm, I'm building up a cash position right now, and I'm not investing it yet. I know I could continue averaging as the stock market's going down, but I would way rather just hold it in cash right now. That's it. I didn't sell yeah. stock and hold you know, it in cash. I I'm consi- leaving all of my invested money invested, but my income, yeah. I'm just building cash. I'm considering building up a higher cash position as well. Um, I have right now about uh, four months of emergency fund, mm-hmm. um, but I'm considering building that out to six um, just because I want to be like 
I don't know with with the way the last week has been my life has been a little bit crazy I had a, a pet pass away and, and and stuff like that and um, I don't know like I, I like I just I feel like there's a bigger sense of me to just prepare for like the unexpected, you know, cause you don't expect stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And part of me feels like I should build it off to six, but realistically between four and six, what do you guys think? Do you think that really makes a difference to build up an emergency fund? I was going to say you should have 10 K, but before we go to that, we got to thank our sponsor ladder. Ah, what's wrong. I want to help protect my wife financially. If anything bad were to ever happen, Jack, you don't have a, wife. don't push it. Jack, you should just get life insurance with Ladder. Plus, with term coverage being so affordable, it really doesn't make sense not to. A healthy 35-year-old man could get his family a million dollars in coverage for only $35 a month. You can get Ladder's easy-to-apply-for and affordable life insurance coverage from the comfort of your own home in just a few minutes. Just sign up from your phone or laptop, and Ladder's smart algorithms will let you know instantly if you're approved. And life insurance only gets pricier as you age, so now is a better time than ever to cross that off your list. There's no hidden fees, and you could cancel it any time you want. And if you change your mind in the first 30 days you could get a full refund so go to ladderlife.com slash iced coffee to get your free quote today ladderlife.com slash iced coffee thank you so much ladder and back, back to, to the, the podcast. podcast you know what we do a lot on this podcast what talk about my unfortunate misadventures or whatever you oh you're dating life with, with girls yeah and i think it's time to flip the script and talk about you guys because i know that your current significant others aren't necessarily the first ones that you've had right uh, right. actually no comment. I don't know. I've no only... comment. So you don't want to open up about this stuff. However, it's expected that I do. Because you're if you're you're dating. That's why. But you've had no, I'll talk up past, Graham, right? I think it's what? fair. It's fair. What do you want to know? How many comments have you had? <laughs> wow, this is spicy. Zero zero to ten. Zero to ten. Zero to ten. So nine? <laughs> <laughs> so like Zero to Nine ten. and a half? Zero to ten. <laughs> okay. When did you have your first girlfriend? Uh, 17. And what did you like about her? Oh, God. I mean, a lot of things. She's, she's great. Really nice. Uh, same interests. Very smart. Uh, she's very book smart. Like, yeah. straight A student. I was not. So. What do you think yeah. she liked in you? Oh, man. I was a... a oh, I was in the band. 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 Wait, like a girl band or like a rock band? A rock band. Uh, (laughs) I was in the band, the school band. Oh, what were you doing in the rock band? The band. Uh, I played the drums. And you thought that was attractive to her? Yeah. So we, yeah, we met through a mutual friend. She did. Yeah. And and how did you ask her out? Uh oh oh you know what this is this is actually uh how it came to be I actually that's a funny story. We all went to a friend's house, and I. They were trying to set me up with this this other friend. Her name was Olivia, and they were trying to set me up with her. And I went on one date with Olivia so far, and I don't think she liked me at all. And I took her to the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> no, no <laughs> this something, is something cheap, man. Uh, I brought my own drink to pour in the water, and we oh. split something. We we oh we had this thing where we'd go to the Cheesecake Factory, but their and dishes split, are so and big. split the nachos. So like we'd leave at like twelve dollars or something. So like it was really cheap. Uh, so we did that. I don't think she liked me at all. And then this was the second day we were having like a whole bunch of friends over for a movie night, and uh, Olivia came, and uh, we just were not hitting it off. Or I, you know, I was just like kind of into her, but I don't think she was into me at all. And uh, anyway, we. We were all in a group, and uh, I had on that like the flip phone back then. My screen, like the the background of the screen, was a lotus. It was a yellow lotus, and I flipped it up, and then uh, the 
This other girl over said, wait a second, is that a Lotus? I'm like, no. I'm like, yeah, it's a Lotus. She's like, oh, that's my favorite car. I'm like, you know Lotus? And we started talking, and then uh, I just basically <laughs> went from Olivia to the, who became my girlfriend. And, and how did you ask her out? How long did you know her before asking her out? Um, I don't think we ever, I, I don't think I ever asked so her out. So it was out. just kind of a gradual. Yeah, yeah. Well, what yeah. happened? I left something at the house and then she said, oh, well, we could just meet up tomorrow and, you, you know, I'll give it to you then. Uh, but I, and then Was it her yeah. house? No, no, it was oh, a friend she, house. But she was, yeah, she was, she was spending the night there right. and she's like, oh, we could just meet up tomorrow. And, and how long did you guys date for? A year and a half, I think. So, wow, so yeah. you know, a year and a half, almost two years, a year and a half, almost. And two years, what yeah. led to the, the end of it? Oh man, multiple things. First of all, I got really into real estate, and I just became. I was, I was just like, very narrow-minded, very like just shallow when it came to stuff. Like when I started going to real estate, it just created this huge separation between like what I was used to and like high because she was a year below me. And so she was in high school when I started doing real estate. And once I got in that whole like working phase, I could, I just like, I, c- I couldn't relate to the, to the high school mentality I totally anymore. Get like that. I couldn't do it. And so she'd want to go and like, and nothing bad, but like hang out with her friends on a Friday night or a Saturday. And we, we were all like in the same friend group, but I would go there and I would just be like miserable hanging out with her friends. And and they were the same, but I, like I was the one that that had changed. And I just go there and be like, "This is so stupid. Uh, why are they talking about this? None of this stuff matters." And I was just like, "I was so used to everyone else, like in real estate." You wouldn't tell her that though, that you weren't having fun. I I think I did. I probably made her life hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I yeah, I probably put her in some really bad positions, normal stuff that I just I couldn't get into and I couldn't fake it. And she could tell that I was not having a good time. And I think it put her in a bad position because like her friends could also tell, I don't want to be there. And then, uh, you know, I think a lot of times I was like, I just want to leave. Let's go. And it's like, that's terrible. You to would put say that. that to her? I think so. <laughs> I, I, I told you, man. I told you. But, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I did. Or I would be like, okay, well, what time can we leave? How about we leave at this time? And it was bad. It was bad. Um, all I, I, yeah. So anyway. But but then when she was going off to college, I think there was something that she went to that, um, or you know what it was? She went off to, she invited me to go with her and some friends to like something. And I said, I didn't want to go. That you was just it. told her you didn't want to go? I, I would say, Did oh, she you, ask why? Uh, I'd just say, no, you're going to have, I think in my mind, I'm like, she'll have fun with her friends and stuff like that. Like, I don't need to be there, but I didn't want to be there. And I thought. You know, oh, she'll have a good good time on her own. Uh, but I think she wanted me there. And um, yeah, then after that, uh, we had we had the talk. After and how that, did, that go? did you yeah. cry? Oh, it's um, afterwards. I did. I think during it, I was just kind of like, kind of like in disbelief a little bit. Be like, no, uh-uh. like <laughs> she'll come back or she'll change so she her mind in a you. day. She instigated the breakup. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Have you ever broken up with any of your girlfriends, or have you only been broken up? Yeah, with? yeah, that was my that was my only breakup. Wow. Yeah. 
And then you went full real estate grind mode. Then I went real estate. I mean, that worked out. <laughs> worked out. So in the end, like, you know, I, I, oh, I, I made so many mistakes with that that, like, I won't repeat the same mistakes. And I you, try not have to. Have you I spoke to her any time in the last, like, five years? Uh, maybe five years ago, four years ago. I probably, it would have been at least, like, probably five, four years ago, mm. something like that. Yeah, but not, like, spoken, spoken. I think this was just, like, over Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just, oh, you know what? She got married. And I think I just, I sent her, and this was just like a genuine, like, hey, because uh, it, it, we had so many mutual friends that it would come up on my Facebook feed. I just said, you know, hey, hope all is well. I just want to say congratulations. Hope you're doing it. Just, it, just an innocent sort of thing, and she responded back. Oh, thanks, you know, blah, blah. It's just, and that was it. Good. Oh. But I, yeah, so. Yeah. I didn't expect that. Uh, neither did I. Alex, I want to know about your first yeah. girlfriend. My first girlfriend? Like like your first more serious one. Okay, so I've only had one serious girlfriend other than my wife, and that was in high school. Okay. So uh, I dated this girl for six months. And what did you yeah. like about her? She was into, like, nerdy stuff like me. Like, we both like Harry Potter. Uh, we both liked, you know, like, video games. So it was similar interests? She probably liked the same thing about you? Yeah, exactly. We were in high school, and I just think we got into, like, it's so weird to explain, but we got into like the same routine. Like, mm -hmm. like literally like after high school, I would go to her place, just hang out till whatever, nine and I'd go home. And that was life. That was life. And you guys didn't like that. You were stuck in a rut, that there was no progression of the relationship or maybe it caused you to like live very still lives. I don't know. It was really weird. So she broke up with me and, but it was really weird. Cause, um, there were no, I'm a really easygoing person. There were no like problems. Um, but it, for me, it was like all of a sudden, like, like we came home on the bus cause we we're in high school and like, she just looked off and then we got to her house and then, you know, we had the, the talk and, um, it was just very odd because like the week before everything was normal. It was like super odd, super odd. Yeah. Mm. I, 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 to be honest, I don't even know. Were you heartbroken? Oh, yeah. I cried so much. Yeah. My yeah. parents picked me. I had to call my parents to pick me up. I wish she told God. me before we took the bus home. Uh, she was probably just nervous. Yeah. She broke up with me, and uh, I was heartbroken. And then I met Kelsey about uh, probably a year and a half later in another high school because I moved. Mm -hmm. And Kelsey actually was the one who came on to me, which is, if you guys don't know, Kelsey's my wife now. And um, I did not date Kelsey because... I was a, uh, I could not relate to anybody in high school, like kind of like how Graham was saying. I was running my wedding business um, when I was like 16, and everybody was making plans to go to college, and I'm like, why am I going to get into a relationship now? I'm working on building this business. Like, what if I develop feelings for this girl, and then she goes to California? Like, I'm like, so I told um, Kelsey in high school, I was like, I, I can't. You rejected her. Yeah, basically. And she would always ask, like, I felt so terrible because, like, she'd always ask, like, why? And I'm just like, like, I just, I'm not into, like, she thought it was her. And I'm like, it's not you. I'm just, like, in my head space. Like, I'm not in the right head space to be dating. And um, I'm so glad I did that because, I mean, you never know, right? Like, mm -hmm. what if we dated in high school and then we broke up or whatever? And so. Yeah. we I reconnected with her later and she became my wife. It's crazy. But there was an era in my life where I was, like, Jack single you know going on casual dates and stuff i wouldn't say that the, the, 
<laughs> what would you call them? Jay? Yeah, what would you call them? Rendezvous. 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 No, I, I don't really just hanging out in the hot tub with your roommates. Or... Yeah, I hang out in the hot tub with my roommates. Yeah, <laughs> all right. But, no, I don't really go on. But I learned mag. That's when I learned magic. Yeah, and no. I'm sure that like attracted like all. That was yeah, like, yeah, dude, was, I thought it was the nerdiest thing over. ever. Moth to flame. Magic. Yeah, dude, <laughs> you know, it was. It was. I when I when I learned magic, first of all, people thought it was stupid, and then like. Once you learn like cool stuff, then you immediately like everybody goes up to you like, oh, yeah. could you do the thing? Like I'm like, Ugh, like okay, and uh, yeah, I did take the, I I picked up this girl at the mall. I was like, hey, like you're really cute. You picked her up at the mall. Yeah, I was With like magic. I was like, what time? Yes, I was like, hey, I was like, what time is your shift over? She said like 8 p.m. And I was like, okay, I'll be back here at 8 p.m. And I went and I picked her up, and then we went on this date. I knew nothing about her. It was fun, and then, uh then she even told me uh she had two kids and we were like 19 or something yeah or something or 18 i forgot how old i was yeah and uh i was like oh like that's okay and then i took her on a second date and i took her and her kids out it was like how old were you i was like in, in like 18 19 oh my gosh. <laughs> And she was the. I bet she, they love the magic tricks. And yeah, then I think she just wanted you to perform. I didn't do the magic tricks. No, but then um, you know, after like going out, you know, on a date, and she had her kids and stuff. Like she was nice, but like I, I was just that we were in different, completely different phases in my life. Yeah. 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 So this is Jay Bay. He's a part of the private mentorship group that we host. And I just developed a relationship with him over the two years he's been in the group. And he is very smart in real estate investing, stock market investing so much. And he was such an outlier in the group that we decided to have him on because he was in Vegas. And he's going to tell a couple crazy tenant stories because he has some really good ones. So let's just hear about this shenanigans that he's had with his tenants. And uh, yeah, cool. good to meet you. All right. So uh, tell us a story. I'm curious. I'm really curious. I know nothing going into this. Brand knows so nothing. I, I know. know most of it, and right. it's it's wild. Yeah. So there, those are documented pretty well on my channel. Um, I've had a few properties completely destroyed, which um, I think that would suggest that my screening process needs some work. But I'm I'm learning, getting mm -hmm. better. You think that's the solution? I mean, kind of. I, I mean, I want to own responsibility for selecting the wrong tenant, of course, but. Sometimes you really just don't know, um, especially when you're renting to a Section 8 tenant. And my first inclination when I started investing in real estate was, I got to do Section 8. And I think one of the things that drew me to Section 8 is that when, you, when you're first starting out, you don't really know how to do the analysis. You don't know if the numbers are going to work. You're thinking, I don't know how much rent I can get for this property, but I'm going to sign a mortgage and I know I'm going to pay X amount of dollars. <clears throat> but I'm really not sure if I'm going to get that much rent. But with Section 8, they'll tell you how much you're going to get paid. It's right on their website, the payment standards. So then I was able to say, oh, I can get this, and it's going to cost me this. This is great. I feel confident. And it kind of let me feel good about signing these big stacks of mortgage papers. But when you get into Section 8, uh, renting to Section 8 tenants, it's tricky because there, there are good tenants and there's bad tenants, of course, like any market. But it's a little bit more difficult to find the good Section 8 tenants. And I think because... The things you would normally look for in a good tenant, you're not going to find within the Section 8 um, applicant. Because if they had like a great job and tons of money and a, a great credit score, they probably wouldn't need assistance in the first place. Mm -hmm. So you're down to like, oh, well, it's pretty good. It's not that bad of an application, but you have to kind of go with your gut. And I've had a couple of people where it's like, I felt really good about them. They were nice people. 
everything seemed well. And then, nope, they destroyed my property, mm -hmm. like really badly. What'd they do? I had one tenant that was living there um, prior to the pandemic. And then when the pandemic happened, I didn't do the inspections. So normally I, I do like several inspections a year to see how things are going. Um, and Section 8 actually requires an inspection. Yeah. But during the pandemic, they just said, do a self-inspection, which means you, you call the tenant essentially and say, anything wrong? How are the smoke detectors? There's a little list and they just answer verbally. And then you're like, okay, all good. So I did that. Nothing was reported. And then the following year came and I'm like, okay, okay. time to do an in-person inspection again. And I show up, um, and oh my God, so much damage. The place was destroyed. There was, uh, the front door had been kicked in. The door jam was broken. The bathroom had a flood that was completely destroyed the vanity and flooded the floor. There, the kitchen was, it was just, it's hard to explain. You, you would have to see it. It was just so much waste committed on the property. Unbelievable amount of damage. And the tricky part about it is with Section 8, they'll, they'll do some weird things to you. Like um, there are certain things that are considered uninhabitable and you have to get them fixed right away. So they picked out a bunch of stuff after this inspection and they said, you have 24 hours to get this fixed. I'm like, 24 hours? So there was like six plumbing problems. Mm -hmm. like none of the drains worked. The front door didn't close. And they tell me this and they... Um, oh, and the funny part is they mail, like snail mail, the list of things you need to fix. But they told me on the phone I had 24 hours to fix it. Like, am I the only one not figuring out the problem here? <laughs> I'm going to find out in three days that I had 24 hours to fix X amount of things. So anyway, they finally email me the list. And by this time, it's already like 7 o'clock at night. Mm. And I'm looking at this going, oh, my God. I have to, I need like so many people over here working so luckily by this time, I had already made pretty good connections. So I know like a lot of contractors and plumbers and various people. And I'm always really good to my people, by the way. And this is a good reason why. Like whenever somebody does work for me, they're like, oh, it's $200. I'll give them 300 Just more than they ask for all the time. And in this particular example, making good acquaintances because I treat people well came back to help me. Because I had to call people after hours. And I'm like, you're not going to believe this, but I need all these things fixed by tomorrow. I'm like, really? So they come over. I had two contractors and two different plumbers, so four people working. And we were there till like 12.30 or 1 o'clock in the morning. And we finally got all the things fixed on this list. And so that was just the urgent stuff. But then the inspection team <clears throat> says, all right, there's a bunch of other stuff you have to fix by you got 30 days or whatever. Yeah, it was 30 days. And if you don't fix it, the property is going to be abated. And they sent me this sheet. And abatement is a situation where um, you're not going to get paid the Section 8 payment anymore. And you cannot collect the rent from the tenant for the portion of the missing rent. So essentially, the tenant gets to live there free if you don't fix these things. It's just the most unbelievable situation. So I'm thinking the tenant destroyed my property. And if I don't fix it within 30 days, uh, the tenant gets to live there free. And here's the, here's the thing, too. It's like, of course, I want to fix the property. I don't want to have a garbage property or be a slumlord. But this particular tenant already destroyed it once. 
Why would I want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars fixing all this damage when they could potentially destroy it again? And some of the requests seemed really unreasonable too, like too many weeds in the backyard. Well, they're in the lease responsible for the landscaping. I didn't cause the weeds to be there. Why am I, why do I have to fix that? And that was the situation I was in. So I fixed all these things anyway. And then this inspector came over and still failed me. It was just like, I don't know what's going on. So the property got abated, but luckily I was able to evict the tenant because I was working on a side channel mm-hmm. um, with a lawyer to get the tenant out, and it worked. Otherwise, I would have been screwed. Yeah. Yeah, now I had a buddy who had a, a whole building of Section 8. I think it was nine units in Los Angeles. All of them were Section 8, and it had been nothing but problems. He went in originally thinking the same thing as you, that it was going to be guaranteed. They were all there. 95% of the rent came from the government and didn't have to worry about it. But my gosh, the problems that he had with that building. I mean, yes, the rent got paid, but <clears throat> he would receive calls every few weeks about incidents at the property. Um, there were like drug deals going on at the property. There's a whole bunch of like illegal stuff going on at the property. Um, a lot of uh, infestations for uh, bugs because one tenant there in particular was a hoarder. And so Section 8 would come, remove it, he would fix it, but then a month later, the same issue would come, and then there'd be cockroaches everywhere from the one unit. Um, yeah, it was. Not, he ended up selling it. I had the exact same problem. <clears throat> yeah. Cockroaches everywhere. And it's not just a sanitation thing, but <clears throat> cockroaches can destroy stuff. They, they piled up in the stove, for example, in such masses that the, they... They leave droppings in like poop and they filled up this stove and it wow. didn't work anymore. And I sent a repairman like, cause it was a pretty new like range. I'm like, I don't know why it would be broken. So I sent a repairman and he got there and he, he took a picture. He's like, I'm, I can't fix this. This thing's ruined. Wow. It's cockroaches everywhere. And what do you do? It's like, <laughs> didn't you have also a tenant that hid a fish? Oh, so I haven't told anyone this story yet. I also house hack. I mentioned that. I started out house hacking. I still house hack. I have tenants right now living in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally, I want to say it's like 99% a great experience. Most people that want to move into a room are just in some kind of transition. They're they're moving soon or they have a temporary job or yeah. they're whatever. But I, I have made some bad choices. And this one tenant in particular stands out as like the worst tenant I've ever had to live with. So this guy shows up and he, he speaks well and, and it just seemed like he had good rapport with me. He says, oh yeah, I work at Pixar. I'm moving to the area because I got hired as a digital animator for Pixar, which is nearby in the Bay Area. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like a great job and I'm all impressed. And um, I'm like, can I check your references? Yeah, I'll get that to you, but I need to move in right away because my job's starting soon. And he had all these like weird excuses. And I, at first I initially agreed and I'm like, I don't like, I don't like this. I'm, I'm going against my, my gut. I want to check the, re, the, the references, and he wouldn't let me. Mm. It feels weird. So I called him back, and I'm like, you know what? We're going to go with somebody else. And he handled it like a champ. He's like, I totally understand. No problem. And he was really mature and responsible about it. And I was talking to my wife. I'm like, maybe I judged this guy wrong. He handled that so mm. well. So I called him back again, and I'm like, I know this is really annoying. I'm all over the map, back and forth, but the room is open again if you want it. And so he moved in, and that's 
that was the biggest mistake ever. You should never go against your, if you have a bad gut feeling about somebody, I think it's best to stick with that. Mm. It's like a red flag. Okay. This guy moves in. Okay. One rule I have in my house is I don't care if you want to smoke pot or whatever, just don't do it inside. It's pretty much legal anyway, outside, just go somewhere. I don't want pot smoke in my house. So he starts smoking pot in the house like we wouldn't smell it. And he's tacking blankets up over the door to try to cover the gaps oh my so the smoke won't get out. And he's putting thumbtacks in the ceiling to try and cover up the vents. He just insists on smoking it in the bedroom. And I catch him one time and I'm like, you can't be doing this. But he keeps on doing it. And he starts making so many holes in the wall that he decides he wants to fix the holes. And he starts adding layers of paint because I had some matching paint in the garage. He would go get it, and he started painting over the walls, and you start getting like this thick layer of paint over the, the, the texture, which is ruining the wall. Mm-hmm. You have to tear all that off and start over. And finally, I had enough because he was painting the door trim. He ended up messing up and painting over the hardware. And it's just the room's getting destroyed. And I'm like, you know what? I've told you multiple times. It's in the lease. Here's a, here's a 30-day notice because you won't stop smoking pot in the house. And that's when he lost it. He was so mad. So he ended up, uh, I have some cameras around the house. Mm-hmm. He ended up slicing the wire. And those are pretty expensive to replace because it was a long one. He sliced the wire to the camera. I don't know why he did that or what he was thinking, but he was kind of mad. But I could actually see him slicing the wire with another camera that was, because mm. <laughs> they're, they're wide angle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so even though it wasn't necessarily pointed at him, he was in there. And I, I found the footage. So at first I approached him, I'm like, why did you cut the wire? Oh, I didn't do it. So I showed him the footage, and he's like, all right, I did it because you, you're evicting me, and I'm pissed off about it. And so I changed his eviction notice from a 30-day to a 3-day, which in California, you might know that's legal to do if somebody's damaging your property. Mm-hmm. And then he was just like so mad. He's like, I'm going to do something to make sure that you go to jail. And he started like... um smashing things and calling the police. So he smashed his room door and told the police that I was trying to harm him. And the police came over. I'm like, I told him everything. I'm like, here's what's going on. Here's video footage of this guy smashing his own door. Like I have cameras inside. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he thinks he but can. No, you have cameras in his bedroom? No, absolutely oh. not. That would be how really you, weird. How do you know? In the common area. I put oh, the common cameras. areas. Got yeah. it. Okay, got it. But because his bedroom door is off the common area, it, the door gets smashed from the inside. Ah, I and see. then he comes walking out. He Got thought it, it would be fine to do inside the room. But it was really... Were you home when he was smashing the door? Um, I don't think I was home when he was actually yeah. doing it. So the, you couldn't hear him anyways? No. But, okay. but I came home and the door was smashed. And he's calling the police trying to tell them, like, he thought I would just get, like, arrested or whatever. Anyway, uh, he's finally going to leave because he has no choice and he's his efforts to cause more mm-hmm. problems are failing. But on his way out, he gets some raw salmon out of our freezer. We buy these like Costco packs of salmon and he hides salmon in multiple places around the house. Oh my God. <laughs> and oh. I'm on a business trip and I'm away for like a week or whatever. And my wife is trying to study. She's, she was working on becoming a nurse, which she's a nurse now. And she's like, I'm having the hardest time studying. The house really stinks. I'm like, what do you mean it stinks? And she's like, it smells like something died. Like, I, this is just terrible. You have to come home. I'm like, a smell so bad that I have to leave my business trip and come home? She's like, yes. So I, I come home 
And I'm just like, oh my. Did you leave your business trip? Well, it was kind of wrapping up anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I came home and oh my God, it smelled horrible. Like probably the worst smell I've ever smelled in my whole life. It was rotten fish. So here's the funny part. He hid it in multiple places, but I didn't know that. So I was looking around for this fish and I finally find some fish in the laundry room in the back of the cupboard. I'm like, okay, I solved it. And we throw the fish out and we're thinking everything's going to be fine. It was just like residual smell, but it kept stinking. And like the next day I'm like, what is happening? How bad is that fish? And we find another one in the closet. I'm like, oh God, we have no idea how many pieces of fish there are in this house. So it's like this big treasure hunt like an Easter egg hunt for rotten fish. I mean, it was nasty. It had maggots in it. Wow. Like trigger warning. It was really bad. Um, But the last piece was hidden behind the dishwasher. That was the hardest one to find. He took like a piece of fish and he had a cane and he pushed it back there. I only found it because I started reviewing the video to see what he was up to. And I saw him push it back there. So you have footage of him pushing the salmon behind the... (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so he got that out, and then the smell went away. Oh, geez. If I were him, I would have put it in, like, a vent. Or, like, <laughs> oh, you know. Or like, you are so... Yeah, but, I, but you got to put it in an area where you're not going to, like, it, you can't access it easy. So, like, vents in the drywall. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you know. You're giving so many potential <laughs> yeah. bad tenants ideas right Prob- now. Probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> you could tape it underneath the table. Oh, <laughs> so you're, like, looking so around. That is so terrible. Yeah. It would eventually drop. Because it loses oh, its consistency. Yeah, sure. after Duct a tape while. it. There you go. Yeah. How is it to kick people out of your own house if you're living with them? Is that weird? Because that was something I've always wanted a house hack, and that was something that was concerning to me. It's like I move someone in, and then maybe they start pulling something like that, or they start hiding fish in my mm. house. I'm like, yo, quit hiding fish in my house. <laughs> Sorry, Jen. Get out. And then they say, oh, yeah, I live here. Like, what are you going to do? And they live in my house, and it's awkward. Yeah. It's like you don't want to see someone you've already sent the eviction notice to. After you've sent them the eviction. Yeah, you got to like eat in the common areas together, hang out. I've done that. It's really uncomfortable. So that's actually a good point because one thing I never do with my house hacking is create like a long-term lease. It's always month to month. And the reason why is because if somebody's unhappy there, I want them to feel free to leave. The worst thing in the world is living with a person who doesn't want to live with you. So I'm not going to try to lock anybody in. So I tell them from the start, like it's month to month. But then if you have to kick someone out... I would say, at least in California, it's pretty much normal rental rules. They get treated like a regular tenant, so they have all the same rights. But most people, if they're uncomfortable, if you feel uncomfortable with them there, they also feel uncomfortable being there, and they'll just leave early themselves. I've never had anyone stay like, I hate you. I'm going to stay the full amount of time. Like Every time this has ever come up, which is very rare, to be honest, Mm. they have voluntarily just left. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, most reasonable people would probably just leave. Yeah. Jason, thank you so much. Thank I really you. appreciate you making it, canceling your dinner plans to come on with us at the Iced Coffee Hour. I really appreciate right. it. And I'll link to your information down below in the description. Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for Great sharing to be story. here. Yeah, appreciate it.